Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year-long crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible. We'll include excerpts from his spoken ministry, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies, you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. God wants to fill us with himself to such an extent that we are swallowed up by his life, even in our mortal bodies, until we become in full his many sons to glorify him. Welcome to the Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. This program is provided by Living Stream Ministry, and today we come to our second Life Study of the Book of Romans. And joining us in the studio once again is Ed Marks. Ed, would you agree that there are probably more studies and expositions of the Book of Romans than nearly any other New Testament book? Yes, I believe this is true, Chris. Uh, But this study is unique in that we want to take the view of how we want to enjoy Christ as our life and life supply so that he can be everything to us for the building up of the body of Christ, to consummate the new Jerusalem as God's unique goal in this universe. Before we go on to today's portion, Witness Lee opened the life study of Romans by presenting a view of the entire Bible as a divine romance. I know you like this topic. I've heard you speak on it before. Would you say something now? Yes, I would like to say to our listeners, what a view of the Bible. Have you ever considered that the entire 66 books of the Bible shows us a divine romance? If we look throughout the Bible, we see that God in Christ is the bridegroom and that God's redeemed and chosen people are the bride. The Bible begins with the story of a marriage, Adam and Eve. Adam is a type of Christ. Eve is a type of the church. When you look through the Old Testament, especially when you come to the prophets, you see that God wants to be a husband to his people. In Isaiah 54, verse 5, God cries out to the children of Israel. He says, your maker is your husband. Oh, what a marvelous view to realize that God is our husband. Then we come to the book of Song of Songs, which is an extract of the whole Bible. We really see this romance where the seeking believer prays to the Lord, draw me in verse 2. And then in verse 4, she, which typifies us as the seeking believers in Christ, she says, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. This shows that we need to have a personal and affectionate relationship with our dear Lord Jesus. I would encourage you to tell the Lord, Lord, draw me to yourself. And even to pray, Lord, kiss me with the kisses of your mouth. Oh, we need to tell the Lord every day, even right now, I would encourage you to say, Lord Jesus, I love you. 
This is to be in the divine romance. In Matthew chapter 9, we see that when the Lord was in Matthew's house, he revealed himself as the bridegroom. In Ephesians 5, Paul reveals Christ is the husband and the church is Christ's wife. And then in Revelation 19, we see that there will be the marriage dinner of the Lamb. And eventually in Revelation 21, the new Jerusalem is the wife of Christ as the Lamb. Taking this brief tour through the whole Bible, we can see that the whole Bible reveals a divine romance between God and his people. And situated right squarely in the middle of this context is the book of Romans. Praise the Lord for the book of Romans. Let's join Witness Lee. The Lord gave us eight words to denote the eight sections of this book. I do beg you to remember so well these eight words denoting the eight sections of this book. Number one, introduction. Number two, condemnation. Number three, justification. Four, sanctification. Five, glorification. Six, selection. Seven, transformation. Lastly, conclusion. Now, I must call your full attention to the content of the eight sections. Section one, introduction, points to the subject of this book. What is the subject? The gospel of God. Following introduction, you have the condemnation that unveils to us the need of God's salvation. Why? Because we all are under God's condemnation. We all are hopeless and helpless cases. So there is the need of God's salvation. This is the second section. Then thirdly, justification reveals to us the accomplishment of God's salvation. Here, with the matter of justification, you have another three words. Propitiation, redemption, and reconciliation. We will cover these words specifically when we get there in chapter for chapter 3. But tonight, I just say a little word. You have to know that God's justification depends upon the redemption of Christ. Without the redemption of Christ, God has no way to justify the sinners. And redemption has one major aspect, that is propitiation. Propitiation is a major structural, major aspect of redemption. But tonight, I can't tell you too much because we owed God so much. There was a great problem, and that problem was solved by Christ being our propitiating sacrifice. 
So there was a propitiation that solves our problems with God. Then we got redeemed. Then based upon the redemption of Christ, God can easily and legally and lawfully justify we, the believers. Then we could have the full enjoyment of God. King James says we could joy in God. Not only joy in God, but we could enjoy God. Not just a little bit of joy, but we are enjoying God. God is our enjoyment. Well, this is justification. Well, Ed, we really begin to examine Romans in this portion, and we're introduced to the eight overall sections of the book. Would you touch on these eight items once again as they are critical for our understanding of this book? The first major section in Romans is the introduction. This shows us that Romans speaks of the gospel of God, which is the gospel of the complete salvation of God. The second part of the book of Romans speaks of God's condemnation. This shows us our need of God's salvation. We're helpless, we're hopeless, all of us need to be saved by God. Then we come to the third section of Romans. This is the section of justification. This shows us the accomplishment of God's salvation. To accomplish God's salvation, we need Christ as our propitiatory sacrifice. He is our propitiation. He accomplished a redemption for us, and in his accomplished redemption, he reconciled us to God to bring us not only back to God, but to bring us into God so that we can enjoy God. Then the fourth section is the section of sanctification. This is the life process in God's salvation. And we'll see more concerning this in the broadcast. The fifth section is glorification. This shows us the purpose of God's salvation. God wants to fill us with himself to such an extent that we are swallowed up by his life, even in our mortal bodies, until we become in full his many sons to glorify him, to express him. The sixth section of Romans is God's selection, which shows us the economy of God's salvation. God chose us so that he could be glorified in us. This is our destiny, and this is also his purpose in his selection. Then the seventh section of Romans is transformation. This is the life practice in God's salvation. And this begins in Romans chapter 12, continues through Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Finally, uh, beginning in verse 14 of chapter 15 to the end of Romans, we have the conclusion of the book of Romans, which shows us the ultimate consummation of God's salvation. And this ultimate consummation is that we would meet as the local churches to become the full expression of the body of Christ. In brief, these are the eight wonderful sections of the book of Romans, which shows us God's complete salvation. Thank you, Ed. Let's join Witness Lee for more of today's life study. Following this, we have sanctification. Just to be justified is not sufficient. We need to be sanctified. You may ask me, what is to be sanctified? You know, 
many times here in Los Angeles, I used the tea, you know. When you have a cup or a glass of plain water, if you put the tea in it, the water, the plain water, will be teaified. That is to be sanctified. To the uttermost, what you are, it would be just plain. And I have to tell you, you are not that plain. You are rather dirty. <laughs> Even you are plain, you don't have any tea flavor. You don't have the tea essence. You don't have the tea color. You need tea to get into you. And the tea is the very Christ. Hallelujah, Christ is the heavenly tea. I have no doubt. Look at your faces. I do know Christ is in you. Hallelujah. Christ is in you. In chapter 8, our God is within us. Christ is in you. No more just in creation. No more just in redemption, justification, reconciliation, even no more just in identification. But he himself now is right in my heart. Not only in my heart, in my spirit. Christ in you. Doing what? Doing a transforming work. Doing a sanctifying work. Just you put the tea into the plain water. If the water is hot, you can see the tea is working. And it is terrifying. Then eventually you do have deification. Then the whole water will be terrified. You will look as tea. You will taste as tea. You will flavor as tea. That's real tea. When I serve you with that, I don't serve you with water. I serve you with tea. That's Christ sanctifying us. Then I am ministering, not me, but I am ministering the sanctifying Christ. I am ministering Christ to you. And this is sanctification. If I check with you, brothers and sisters, have you all been justified? I don't believe you all will shout hallelujah. Tonight we got here, we all got justified because Christ has account for redemption, God has come with justification, reconciliation for us. Now we are enjoying God. That's really wonderful. But how about sanctification? Have you been sanctified? But if you say yes, if down you say yes, I'm afraid the two wives will say no. <laughs> the two wives here, one here, one here, would say I have no doubt about you, brothers. You all have been justified, but I have a big question mark. You have ever been sanctified. <laughs> what I mean is not to be improved, just to be sanctified. Sanctified. Christ has to be roused into his very being. Just like the tea, the essence of the tea, the flavor of the tea, the color of the tea, all have to be routed into the water, sanctified. Ed Witnessly touched one of these critical terms in this section in a little more detail, and that is sanctification. A quick understanding of this word we know has something to do with holiness, but we're talking about something far deeper here than just an improved or more holy type of behavior, aren't we? 
Yes, when we speak of being holy or being sanctified, we're not speaking of of merely an outward behavior. Uh, Brother Lee used a marvelous example when he shared that sanctification is teification. He used the example of tea. And what happens in sanctification? Sanctification is not just separation unto God. Sanctification is saturation with God. And the example of tea is an excellent example because when we received Christ, he actually came into us as the heavenly tea bag. And what he wants to do is he wants to teify us. And to teify us is to sanctify us. He came into us as the Holy One, the unique one who's holy. How can he make us holy? He has to sanctify us. And again, when, when, when a tea bag comes into water, it teifies the water. That means it gives the water the flavor of tea, the essence of tea, and the color of tea. In the same way, when Christ comes into us, as we open to him, as we tell him, Lord Jesus, I love you, as we spend time in his word, he teifies us. That is, he sanctifies, sanctifies us. He saturates us with his holy element so that we have his essence, we have his flavor, and we have his color. That means we're saturated with him to express him. When others see us, they see Christ. When we live, we're living Christ. And this is the intrinsic essence of what sanctification is. It is for us to be saturated and soaked with God to express God. I know in the life study of Romans, Ed, we're going to come back to this point and this topic many, many times. This is such a critical revelation that really unlocks this book. Let's rejoin Witness Lee. Then after this, we have glorification. Even sanctified is still not so adequate. When he comes, he'll be glorified. Not justified, sanctified, but even the more glorified. And this glorification reveals to us what? The purpose of God. The purpose of God's salvation. What is the purpose of God's salvation? That is to produce many brothers to Christ. Christ was originally the only begotten Son of God. But now Christ, the only begotten, has become the firstborn son. And we will be processed into many brothers of Christ and many sons to God. You will see. Christ will be the prototype. He will be the prototype, and we are just a, what? Mass production. How that one little Jesus was processed and designated to be the Son of God. We are the same in the process. To be designated to be the many sons of God. He's the firstborn and we are the many sons. And we are his brothers. So this is the purpose of God's salvation. Then, following this, we do have... Another section, the selection. Well, the selection unfolds 
to us God's economy. God has an economy. God is not stupid. Neither he's foolish. He's wise. He has a purpose. He has an economy. He knows what he's doing. You see? And he knows who are his chosen people. And when his chosen people would have been called. Things like this. God has an economy. And this economy is to fulfill his purpose. And to him is the fulfillment of his purpose. To us, just our destiny. God's selection is our destiny. Then, after this, we have the section of transformation. What is this? Well, this is the life practice of whatever has been produced by the life process. Whatever would be produced in this section of sanctification here will be practiced. Eventually, the sanctification becomes the transformation. Could you follow me? I say again. Whatever will be wrought, will be worked out in this section of sanctification as a kind of life process will be here practiced in the transformation. Here you do have the life practice. Then after this, we have the last section that indicates the ultimate consummation of God's salvation. What is the ultimate consummation of God's salvation? That is the churches. Not just the body, but the local expressions of the body. The churches. Hallelujah. Amen. Have you got it? Amen. So you see here in this one book, you have the start from the gospel of God, and you have the consummation at what? At the building, the body, with all its expressions in localities, the local churches. So you see, you have the redemption, you have the life, and you have the building. And by the time we get to glorification, we have this tremendous statement by Witness Lee. He said, Glorification reveals that the purpose of God's salvation is to produce many brothers to Christ and many sons of God. I have a feeling that you'd like to say a little more about this point. This is a marvelous point that Christ wants many brothers and God wants many sons. So what does he do? When we receive Christ, he comes into us and he lives in us. Then as he spreads out into our inward being, what he's doing is he is, and I would use this term in a coined way, he is sunizing us. He's sanctifying us. This is his sunizing us. Hebrews 2.10 tells us that what God is doing is he is leading many sons into glory. This is his glorification. 
in 2 Corinthians 3.18, this verse tells us that we are being transformed from one degree of glory to another degree of glory. This means that glorification is a process. As Christ, Christ is in us, as he spreads out from us and saturates us with himself, he is glorifying us. He is taking us from one degree of glory to another degree of glory. Now, for our listeners, I would just like to say something practical at this point. How can the Lord take us from one degree of glory to another degree of glory to sunize us until we become the many sons of God in full, in glory? Well, according to 2 Corinthians 3, uh, verse 16, it says, Whenever our heart turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Then verse 18 says, We're beholding him with an unveiled face to be transformed from glory to glory. Well, when you put these verses together, what we see here is that we need to continually turn our hearts to the Lord. When we turn our hearts to the Lord, the veil is taken away. We're beholding him with an unveiled face. And God in Christ is infusing his element of glory into us to transform us to another degree of glory until eventually we're transformed from glory to glory and we're glorified. Uh, Again, I want to emphasize to our listeners, if you're listening right now, I would encourage you to say, Lord Jesus, I turn my heart to you right now. I like to turn away from every distracting thing from any person other than you, from any matter other than you, from anything other than you. I want to turn my heart to you. I want to gaze on you. Even this whole day, Lord, keep my heart turned to you. I want to gaze on you. I want you to infuse yourself into me so that I can be transformed to another degree of glory today. This is how God accomplishes his purpose. We need to pray day by day, Lord, keep my heart turned to you all day today. Isn't this marvelous? I hope all our listeners would have this life practice day by day so that we can be in the process of glorification until eventually we are fully sunized and glorified to become the many sons of God in full. Once again today, we invite you to contact us through our toll-free number or mail or email, which is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 543-3788. And additionally, it means a great deal to us just to hear from you and to get your comments and to find out where you're listening. You can address your letters and cards to Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121 in Anaheim, California, 92814. And our email address is radio at lsm.org. We have a marvelous journey ahead, and we hope that you'll be here for as many as you possibly can. Thank you again for listening. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. Brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, publisher and distributor of the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. If you'd like to contact us, just email radio at lsm.org or call us toll free at 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 
543-3788. Thanks for listening.